But I'm excited about being here today. You know what? I got my mom and dad with me today. And yes. It's because of me they are, okay? So um, that's what God intended anyway. That's what I like to think about, you know? But um, they've had a great time with us so far. You know, they, uh, they've experienced the boys, the good part of the boys, which is usually the first five minutes in meeting them. After that, everything goes downhill fast. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, you know, I, I learned something this week. And like I mentioned before, um, as, as we were, uh, I was, uh, as I was coming up here to introduce what we we're going to talk about, what our primary focus is on today is, is relationships. You know, God designed us to be, and want to be in and to be part of relationships. We are a people that have a strong hunger and desire for other people, believe it or not. You know, you're not as selfish as what maybe people have told you to be, all right, or have said that you are, because you do have a need with inside of you that wants to care and to be a part of other people's lives. You just can't get away from that. You know, this week I had something happen that was, you know, the first part of the week. It was pretty stressful on that Monday. And uh, we were going through that time, and, and I, I picked up the phone and called somebody, a friend, and then that friend introduced me and, and said, call this other friend. And I called the other friend. And next thing you know, both friends show up. And not only do both friends show up, when they realize they couldn't find the quick answer for it, they called other friends. Next thing you know, the entire island was with me. All right? And helped us through a very difficult time. And I, I thought about that and I said, you know why that is? Is because of relationship. When you are involved within relationship, relationships help. Relationships bring a drive. They encourage. You know, we're in this um, Bible study, or Bible study, yeah. We're in this sermon series called Fresh Air. This is the last part of it. I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. But the first week, you know, we looked at the doldrums, understanding that we get into a place where there's no wind. There's no air that moves. It's breathless. It's lifeless. And that's a real place because that's between the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. And it's a spot where there is no wind. And whenever a boat or something gets caught in there, if it doesn't have a motor to propel it somewhere, it stays. And a lot of people have died within the doldrums. And a lot of people spiritually have also died within those same doldrums. Where there's no life, there's no breath, there's nothing pushing you and encouraging you. And, and, and feeding that hunger and, and desire and thirst that you might have. And, you know, the next week, so we were talking about that and we were looking at what? We are looking at prayer. We broke down the, the Lord's Prayer. And understanding that the Lord's Prayer is not just something for us to repeat out of routine. Because what routine oftentimes gets mundane and boring, does it not? You do something over and over and over again. After a while, it just becomes, I do it because I do it. And there becomes less meaning within it. Well, we understand that Matthew and Mark, Luke, and John, the disciples, were watching and observing Jesus pray. You know, it's, it's okay to watch people pray. You can learn a lot by watching somebody pray. You can see where their heart is. You can see where the intimacy really dwells in. And so they were watching Jesus pray, and something snapped inside of one of them and said, You know what? Hey, hey, Jesus, we want to pray just like that. And so Jesus said, Okay, this is how you do it. And that's how we end up with the Lord's Prayer. In that prayer is what seven different topics, seven different ways of things that we need to include within our prayer life. Like, Lord, not only forgive me, but God, help me to forgive people because you will forgive me as much as I forgive others. When you think of it that way, that will definitely change your outlook, will it not, on people? Are you forgiving? 
Think about it. In that prayer, we understand that we are supposed to do what? Show love and adoration to God. Not just calling him God, but you know what? Father, Daddy. Because we know that we're in a relationship with him. He's all about relationship. We, we know Old Testament, we're considered what? Friends. Friends of God. Abraham was what? A friend of God. In the New Testament, because we've been adopted as sons and daughters, we are now part of the family of God. Not merely just a friend, but now we're in a stronger, more tight-knit intimacy relationship with him. Then week two, we looked really about what? Praise. Understanding that our praise needs to be exalted before him. Understanding that everything in our lives should be in some aspect a praise to God and God alone. In everything that we do, we also looked at what there's seven different words within the scriptures that explain to us praise. And we broke those down and we looked at them. And one specific one, what we looked at the symbol, did we not? You, some of you haven't forgot that one. And then last week we brought out the Bible, getting into the Bible, getting into the word of God. Because we know that the word is what? A living thing. It is not just another novel or an article that you might read online. It's full of wisdom and knowledge, yes, but it's also full of breath and wind that will propel your life. Without it, you will be in the doldrums spiritually. But with it, you won't be in it. And so we understand that sometimes we can get, what, bored of the Bible. Oh, can't believe the pastor just said that. Yeah, we do. We go through the routine of it. We don't understand it. So we broke that down on how we can better educate ourselves and how we can understand that what we need revelation. We need those ah moments. We need those moments where we believe the word, and that is through the faith and trust, which is trusting in the word of God that it's real. But today... We're going to look at and, and, and get into this series, um, what I would call into relationship. Um, we're going to look at our theme verse that we've read for the last three weeks in 2 Timothy 1 and 16. I believe after today you're really going to understand why this verse has been our theme verse. It says this, may the Lord bless Onesiphorus. First week I butchered it, didn't I? Second week I caught on to it. Third week I got it. I've now mastered this name, all right? The Lord, may the Lord bless Onesiphorus. I still sit there and think, why could they not just name him something much easier? You know, like John, you know? I mean, come on. All right. So may the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family. Now, right there we understand that when we are being blessed, not only am I being blessed, but my wife's being blessed, my kids are being blessed. All right, so when we are blessed, it, it interacts with other people. So may the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family because he visited me and encouraged me often. Have you ever had that person in your life where they visited you and have encouraged you? That friend that was close to you, that man you, you, you look back on and you go, I don't know what I would have done in that season of life if it wasn't for them. We've all probably had a friend like that or two within our lives. And, and what I find amazing sometimes about these types of individuals is that they could really know, have no idea what you might be going through, but just them being around is an encouragement to you. Now let me ask you this. Are you like that to other people? But it says, who visited me and encouraged me often. His visits revived me like what? A breath of fresh Air. That's been my hope this past month as we've gone through this topic 
fresh air. You know, the Greek word there at the end really means to recover breath. Every place where you have lost your breath, we need fresh air back into it. We need fresh wind back into our sails. Here we are coming out of the summer season where a lot of times we we get caught up in so many different scheduled things, scheduled events, family gatherings, vacations, and oftentimes that can pull us away. And I hate to say this, but let's just face it. Spiritually, we get distracted. Those times where we devoted to God become less and less, or sometimes they just become none. Time to come to church becomes less and less, or sometimes just none. Why? Because our schedules get so hectic. And here we are, we're coming out of the summer season, and we're coming in to the fall. And some of you are amening that one, right? As long as, long as we stay away from winter. Can we just have fall, then spring, skip winter altogether, you know what I mean? But I guess there's a reason for it all. God knows. I'm going to ask him one day. I'm going to be like, oh, really? I mean, why? He's not going to answer, so it's no big deal. <laughs> but, you know, I, we, we, we go, we're coming out of that season. And, and so this is why one of the reasons why we've start, we start life groups back up, small groups, because I believe in relationship. Relationship is a key for us in our intimacy with God and in our relationships with one another and, and how we can help and get involved. You know, today's topic has the potential, I believe, to put wind back into your sails just as the other three topics. Um, the Bible addresses issues with fellowship, and, and I'm going to look at those with you this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this, let us not give up meeting together. Now that's meeting together in a big sense like we are right now, but that's also meeting together in what I believe is in the smaller scale. But it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, this is what my, my definition of this scripture is, is, is we near the end of time, judgment day, um, things, life's just going to get tough. You're going to get more distracted. It's going to get tougher. Why? Because Satan knows if he can get within our schedules, he can get us. If he could distract us and pull us away from the things of God, the things, especially the, what I call the spiritual disciplines, which are what? Reading the word, prayer, and fasting. So what my job today, I feel, is, is trying to convince you and, and, and bring this part of your Christian walk as a priority within your life. Because many of us, we do this, we walk alone. You go through this spiritual life walking alone. Some of you go just go through life in general walking alone. You know what I've noticed? I've observed this before. And a, a lot of times that the Christian church or followers of Christ oftentimes are more alone spiritually. But when they get outside the doors of or the confines of the church... Then they find themselves being a part of something, but not of the church. And what happens there, in my opinion, is we become distracted. We, allow, we, we, we become infiltrated with things that are not of God, not of the plan, the purpose, and the will of him. And we find excuses for this. Now, why do we walk alone? Why is it that we do? Well, let's take a look. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8 says, There was a man 
all alone. Now this message is, is dedicated to the person who, who probably has people all around them, but still yet feels alone or even disconnected. But he says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. This isn't speaking of the literal son or brother. All right. It's not speaking of the literal here like, like we would in a family sense. All right. But it says he had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. You know, God never intended us to be alone. That was never his intent. He created us to long and yearn for relationship. He goes on to say, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. You can have everything. And the worldly aspect of all things. You can have all the wealth. You can have the reputation. All right? You can have the finest of the fine. But if you lack relationship, you will struggle spiritually within your life. Relationship is so key for you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ. I need you as well as you need me. Now, I can go out here and find all the relationships I want, but chances are I'm going to find a lot of toxic relationships. But when I'm in the body of Christ and I allow relationship to be a part of it, it's a no-win, it's a, excuse me, no, it's a win-win situation for us. I win and you win. Why? Because there's strength when we come together as the body of Christ. I believe a relationship outside the body can be defective. But a relationship within the body is extremely effective for your spiritual well-being. So why do we walk alone? Why, why do we find ourselves from time to time going through life, especially spiritually, all alone? Here are some reasons. I got them down for you. Number one is this. Nevity. I didn't think I needed it. I never took the time to what? Build meaningful relationships. Some of us like to do things all on our own labor. I'm a loner. Have you ever heard those excuses before? Have you ever given an excuse like that before? Watch this. Here's a story. I found this story. It's, it's kind of funny. Muhammad Ali, when he was in the prime of his career, he was on a flight, and the sign came on while he was on the flight to buckle up. Well, he wasn't going to do it. And the flight attendant came across to him and said, Sir, you're going to need to buckle your seatbelt. His response to her was that Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. Her response, well, Superman doesn't need an airplane either, so you're going to buckle up. Some of us, that's pretty good, isn't it? Some of us, not all, actually all of us, we have that type of attitude many times. You can't handle this life without people speaking into it. Your view is not always the right view. Look at your spouse and tell them, no, I'm just kidding, don't, don't. Don't do that, right? We need people, what? Speaking into our lives. And it's not enough, enough for us to go through this life all alone. Second one here is this, temperament. Here we go. I'm not an outgoing person. Well, that's false with me because I'm extremely outgoing, right? But this is, what, this is this type of person. I am not an outgoing person. I don't feel comfortable. That's just the way I am. Have you ever heard that one? That's just the way I am. My response to you is you still need this. We will go through insecurity and temperament, and it's time to move past these things. 
It's critically important for your spiritual life. The third one here is fear. You know, sometimes fear can be faceless. We have created things within our minds that we think will happen, and honestly, they never end up happening. We have created fears that have never existed in your situation, and it's caused you to not allow relationship to be in it. Let's, let's, just, let's break this down for a second. If you find someone who's gone through a really bad marriage and gone through a very difficult divorce, chances are you'll, you'll have a conversation with them and say, do you think you're ever going to get married again? And their response is going to be this, ain't no way that's happening. Why? Because they've already developed a fear within their mind of how it's going to fail again. We can't do that. We were designed for what? Relationship. You've got to allow these fears, these fears that have no meaning to be gone. And watch this. Our prayer should be, Lord, show me where I'm making this stuff up. Show me what is not real so that I can pursue after the relationships that you've intended for my life. Now watch this. That leads us into this one, past experiences. You've been hurt, maybe through a brother, a father, a sister, a mom. You've been wounded, right? The incident really hurt. So what do you do? You build walls around. We build things up to keep people out. What you're doing is building walls out and keeping, or building walls up and keeping blessings out. Let me, if I were to do a poll here through this congregation right now, through, through you, and I said, do you want to be a, do you want to live a blessed life? I would like to think 100% of you would say yes. But for some of you, it's impossible to. Because you've allowed walls to be built up. And it's encountered or rather hindered the ability for God to pour out the blessings into you. Because you won't allow relationship or people to be a part of your life. Here we go. This one is epidemic, I believe. It's messing with our minds constantly, within relationships, especially within the church, and even within your health. And it is this, busyness. We have allowed society and the world around us to set our agendas. We will say yes to everything it wants to do. Friends, school, jobs, our neighborhoods. Every, watch this. Everybody wants a meeting, including the church. Everybody wants a meeting. And what does it do? It separates us from the relationships possibly that God is intending for your life. We have gotten to the point that we, must, that we have said yes to so much that the things that should be important have become ne- neglected. Think about this. Analyze your schedule quickly. You can do that within your head. Look at the stuff that you have going on, most of which probably does not contribute and prioritize what should be the most important things within your life, and that's relationships. Your life would be what? Much better if you made relationships, not meetings or events, to be the top of it. I'm going to quote Chuck Swindoll here for a minute. He says this, nobody is a whole team. I'm just going to repeat that phrase for a second here so you can let that sit in. Nobody is a whole team. We need each other. You need someone, and someone needs you. Isolated islands, we are not. To make this thing called life work, you've got to learn and support, relate and respond, give and take, 
confess and forgive, reach out and embrace. Since none of this as, excuse me, since none of this as whole, independent, self-sufficient, super capable, all-powerful hotshots, let's quit liking, acting like we are. Life is lonely enough without playing the silly games. That game is over. God never intended for you to walk this life alone. And I believe that all of us in this room could deep down understand that. You would love to know that there are people around you that really care. Why do you think companies such as, watch this, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, are so successful and sought after? Why do you think bars and other types of gatherings are so intentional? Because people long for the atmosphere to be loved, appreciated, and accepted. And they find it in these environments. We, as a church, here, our church is giving an alternate to all of this. Small groups, life groups, allowing these gatherings, these spots where we can come together and, bring, and allow God to bring life into us. You know, I have, I've had uh, several people come to me and say, Pastor, um, I've been praying for you. I'm praying for you. Do you know how encouraging that is for me? To know that someone is praying for me, specifically. Because there's, there's times that I go throughout my week and I go, God, I'm just, I'm lacking in you right now, but I know somebody's lifting me up. I know someone's lifting me up. Do you know where you also get that? Within those groups where people are lifting one another up in prayer. Now, we're going to look at here this morning um, four aspects of a person's life. The first one is really is the, is the only one that gets revealed, but we still have other areas. And, and here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at these. We're going to look at the arena, the mask, the blind spots, and the potential. And we're going to define them. So the first one is this, the arena. This is I know and you know. Watch this. If you've never met me before, you have sat here this morning and you have already begun to know who I am. You know that I'm a pastor. You know I'm a husband. You know I'm a father of boys. Why? Because I've already relayed all of that to you. The arena is simple. That is the I know and you know aspect of my life. It is the part that... that you see, but unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to take it, there's also a part of me that you will never see. But why do I need this part? Why do I need the arena in me is this. I need people who really know me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says this. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? There's a part of every person that you cannot see. And we all need someone that really knows us. You know, like I said, I find it great joy when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm praying for you every day. Why? Because someone genuinely cares. What is my responsibility to those who I'm close to within my sphere of influence? To care for them, 